Christ is risen. Alleluia. Yes, alleluia indeed, my friends. This is good news. This is news that should shake the very foundations of the earth. This is news that transforms hearts. This is news that changes eternities. This is the good news that Christ is risen from the grave. So that when we look into the grave, we do not see death, but we see life. We see futures secured. We see bodies healed and spirits set free and minds unshackled from depression. When we look at the place where Christ used to be, we see victory. Victory over sin and over death and over the devil. This is good news. This is, this is the good news. Now I know, I know what some of you are saying. You're like, Pastor, this sounds shockingly similar to the opening of the Easter sermon. You're not wrong. I literally copied and pasted. Control C, control V. That's what I did. I literally put it from one into the other. And some of you are now like, is it fair that you can just copy a sermon from the week before and then input it into this week? Well, friends, Easter is more than one day. Easter is a season. Easter is this opportunity, it's this, this news that isn't only for someday, it is news that is for every day. In fact, friends, in our text today, which we heard Tom read just minutes ago, Jesus actually enters into the everyday of the disciples. He enters into this moment, everyday moments of, of disciples cowering in a locked room, wondering what's next for them. He enters into the everyday of Thomas who doubts, reassuring Thomas that he is in fact with him. Even, even if Thomas doesn't see him, Jesus enters into every day, our every day, so that we might have life in his name. Life not just for eternity, friends, though that's true, life for the every day. Now, these, these days, these kind of in-between days, the days that lie between the day of the resurrection and the day of ascension, these days and the events that happen in these days, this kind of extraordinary inbreaking of the resurrected Christ into the average ordinary lives of the disciples, these days, these, these in-between days are really just, they're just Easter continued. And so we continue to say that Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. So friends, let's get to these in-between days. You're going to need a Bible this morning, and you'll want to come with me to the Gospel of John. You can use the Bible that you brought. You can use the one that's there in the pew with you. If you're in the seats, it might be in front of you, right? If you're up front, it might be underneath you. And let's go to John, John chapter 20, uh, verse 19. John chapter 20, verse 19. Verse 19, John chapter 20. That's where we're going to be. Now, as you're getting there, let me set the scene just a little bit. These, these in-between stories, uh, these events that happen between the day of resurrection and the day of ascension, these, these in-between stories are not carried by all of the gospel writers. Uh, John carries them and Luke carries them. 
Uh, Matthew and Mark really don't talk about the days in between. And, and we can't be certain why the gospel writers chose to include them or chose not to include them, except maybe for John. Because here in John's gospel, John actually gives us the purpose, the purpose for including these in-between stories. In fact, John gives us the purpose of including every story from John chapter 1 to John chapter 21. Its purpose is laid out. So, so let's look at this together. This is John actually 20 verse 30. So let's just look briefly at verse 30. It says, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. So, so here's the thing that we should capture, right? There is so much more. There's so much more teaching and preaching and healing and miracle doing that John couldn't possibly put into this book. There's so much more to Jesus. There's so many things that, in fact, John would say this, were every one of them, if, if everything that Jesus ever did or taught, if every one of them were to written, John says, I suppose the world itself could not contain all of the books that would be written about it. But, and this is important, church, but the stories that I've included, John says, the stories that I've included, including these in-between stories between the day of resurrection and the day of ascension, all of these, all of these stories are included so that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ and that by believing that, you would have life in his name. The purpose of John's gospel from John chapter 1 to 21, including these in-between stories, are that you and I, that we would believe that Jesus is the Christ, and that by believing that you and I would have life. Life not just in eternity, but life today as well. And so this good news of Christ risen from the dead has just been proclaimed to the Marys, who in turn proclaim it to the disciples. And what's the reaction of the disciples? I love this, right? Like so unbelievably human. Here we are finally in 19. What are they? The reaction of the disciples is this. They're cowering in a locked room. Good news of Jesus! And we're cowering in a locked room. You know, in the, in the church, uh, there is this week after Easter and the week after Christmas. That those of us in church leadership, we always call them the, the low Sundays. You have this huge amount of people who come on those holidays, and the following week, it's like you hit an all-time low. So good job for you being here, right? You're bucking the trend. Well done. Uh, it is also, though, it is also a low Sunday because of the, the height of emotion that happens on Easter and Christmas. Like there's so much emotion into those moments that, that how could you possibly do it again in week number two? 
Now, I think that the disciples here who are cowering in a locked room are sort of having a low Sunday. But here they are, sort of gathered around a table, cowering in fear. So let's get to it. Verse 19 of chapter 20. On the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and he said, Peace be with you. And after he said this, he showed them his hands and his side, and the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. What a moment that must have been. Here they are in this locked room, cowering, fearful of what the leaders are going to do. And Jesus steps into their fear, steps into that anxiety, and he says the all-familiar word, peace. Shalom. Peace be with you. What a moment it must have been for those disciples to witness the resurrected Jesus. He tells them to examine him, to look at my hands, to see my side, and John captures that the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. What a moment that must have been, that Jesus would simply step into their fear and into their anxiety and declare peace, that he is with them even in this everyday experience on the night of the resurrection. Even then, he is with them. It's like Jesus is saying to those disciples, listen, this resurrection truth, this good news is not just for eternity. It's not just for someday, but it's for today too. What a moment that must have been. Again, Jesus says, this is verse 21, again, Jesus says, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Again, what a moment this must have been. We know that their fear was replaced by joy as Jesus makes his resurrected presence known in that everyday moment. And then he speaks peace again, peace be with you, shalom, peace be with you. Not, not because they are fearful, but because he is sending them out to the work of mission and ministry. In the same way, Jesus says, as the Father has sent me, I am now sending you back into the places where you live and work and play, back into your very ordinary, everyday lives. But you go with this good news, this news that changes not only eternity, but today as well. So peace be with you as you go. What a moment this must have been. As the disciples begin to think to themselves, as Jesus was sent, so too am I. As Jesus suffered, so too will I. As Jesus proclaimed good news, so too will I. And even as they head back into that very ordinary work of heading back into the places where they live, work, and play, Jesus says, peace be with you. And he breathes on them the Holy Spirit as if to say, I am with 
you, even as you go. What a moment that must have been. If we continue, it says, now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the 12, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. And so, the other disciples told him, we've seen the Lord. (laughs) What a moment that must have been. These disciples overjoyed by seeing the resurrected Jesus and Thomas, Thomas wasn't there. What a moment that must have been for Thomas. I wonder if Thomas felt neglected asking the question, why would Jesus show up to the others but not to me? Why would he show up when they're all gathered but I'm not there? I wonder if Thomas feels hurt. Seems appropriate that that his response is, well, like, listen, unless I touch his side and his hands, I'm not going to believe. What a moment that must have been. Well, John tells us in verse 26, a week later, the disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. And though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them, and he said, peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. What a moment that must have been. The disciples gathered a week later, Thomas with them this time. And though the door is locked, Jesus makes himself known and again shares that familiar word of peace. And then he says to Thomas, Thomas, look at my hands and touch my side. Now, if we pause and back up for just a moment, Jesus is not present when Thomas proclaims to the other disciples, unless I touch his hands and his side. And yet here is Jesus speaking to Thomas with grace and invitation, perhaps a bit of challenge. Thomas, (laughs) touch my hands. Touch my side. It's as if Jesus is saying to Thomas, Even when you can't see me, I see you. And even when you can't hear me, I can hear you. What a moment that must have been as Jesus walks into that locked room, walks into the doubts of Thomas who when he comes into the presence of Jesus, professes him as Lord and God. You know, the news of the resurrection is good news. And if you were here last week, we talked about that good news, that it is life-altering news. It's news that should shake the foundations of the earth. It changes our trajectories. It changes our eternities. 
When Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life, those who believe in me, though they die, yet shall they live. That is the good news of Easter, that we will be with him forever. And yet sometimes I wonder if we lean so heavily on eternity that we neglect the present. These in-between stories, the stories between the day of resurrection and the day of ascension, are stories of Jesus entering into the everyday, ordinary lives of the disciples as if to remind them and us that the news of the resurrection is meant for our every day. See, Jesus has come to bring life and liberty and forgiveness and grace. There are lots of us for reasons that we probably don't want to explain. There are lots of us who probably have our hearts locked. And we need Jesus to invade those locked hearts, to remind us that that resurrecting truth, that the life of Easter is for our every day. You know, Jesus comes to bring life and liberty and forgiveness and grace to the grandfather who's losing his memory who when he looks at his kids and his grandkids can't remember their names. Your Jesus comes to bring life and liberty and forgiveness and grace to the single mother who's exhausted from the care of her kids. Your Jesus comes to bring life and liberty and forgiveness and grace to the middle schooler who feels all alone, as if nobody sees them or hears them. But Jesus comes to bring life and liberty and forgiveness and grace to the addict, to come to bring life and liberty and forgiveness and grace to the incarcerated, to come to bring life and liberty and forgiveness and grace to marriages that have been wrecked by infidelity. He's come to bring life and liberty and forgiveness and grace to you and to me, not just, not just for some day, but for every day. Friends, this is, this is good news. This is, this is actually the good news. This is good news that should shake the foundations of the earth. It is news that changes not only eternities, but our every day. This is news, friends, that when we look at the place where Jesus used to be, we see victory. Victory over sin, yes, and death, yes, and the devil, yes. But we also see life. Life over those things that plague us. We see life for our every day. This, friends, this is good news. It's life-altering news. It's why Control-C and Control-V work this week. It's why copy and paste is what we need to hear. Because the resurrection truth is not just for eternity, but it's for every day. 
And so this news, it fills us, it fills our hearts, it fills our minds, it fills our spirits, and it fills our words, our anthem, the anthem that we proclaim every Easter, Christ is risen, he is risen indeed, alleluia. Church, let's pray. Good and gracious Father, you, you are so good, so, so good that you would bring us to the news of the resurrection again to bring us to the truth, to the truth, good Father, that you want us in the way. You bring us to the truth, the truth of this resurrection, this life-altering truth, this eternity truth. You bring us, good and gracious Father, to the truth that this resurrection is meant for more, for more than just eternity, but also for every day. And so, good, good and gracious Father, may we be, may we be a people who proclaim this resurrection truth in the places where we live and work and play. May we be comforted by your presence in all of the places so that, Father, our lives and our lips may forever proclaim that Christ is risen He has risen indeed. Alleluia.